Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! What's going on, sports fans? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, bringing you into the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Game eight, top of the third. And hey, we're going to kick the thirding off with something special. It is the two-year anniversary of SIP becoming, well, Sports Insanity Podcast. Um, SIH becoming SIP. Took me a minute to train yeah, my go. brain to, well, yeah, you know, hey. I'm excited. It's two years. You know, sometimes your words stumble. You just fumble words out. And sometimes when you call your shot, it's just bad sometimes. But regardless, two-year anniversary here on SIP on the Sports and Sandy Network. You heard, of course, you heard Danny Boy Reginald's voice, so he's here. Who else is here for the two-year anniversary? <laughs> hey, let's go. Bill Murphy here. Good, good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time zone you're in. We made it two years, folks. We made it two years. And for those of you who didn't recognize Bill Murphy, that's Bill Corpus Crispy. Corpus Crispy Murphy. Whoops. And the voice you just heard is the smooth and talented old ops guy, Mark Halper. Yeah, the the man of many talents here on (laughs) SIP and also all around SIN. We have... A fantastic show for you to celebrate the two-year anniversary of this show. And Old Ops Guy, what do we have on the table for tonight? Well, we got some very good news to talk about first. Over the weekend, we had another ball player join the 3,000-hit club. Congratulations to Detroit Tiger, Miguel Cabrera, and doing it in a Miggy fashion by going opposite direction you gotta love it dan i know you were excited when we heard the news what do you got on it at least this time there's no manager that was scared to give up the 3,000 hit of course i'm talking about aaron boone is a a p word i want to be respectful to ladies uh for not allowing miguel cabrera's moment i thought it was first of all we'll get to the yankees weekend in a second but i thought the correct move was to go against Miggy since the pressure was on him. Um, but he wants to win the games by numbers, so that's whatever. Back to Miggy for a second. 3,000 hits. Thank goodness it's happened. Gal Cabrera is a legend, officially a legend. He is now the seventh pl- player, I believe, to be the fi- 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. Yes, seven. That is correct. Okay. So, um, and a very, very exclusive club, like not even the greatest home run hitter of all time is on that list. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's close to it, but, uh, That's a whole nother conversation. Uh, but no, uh, he, Miguel Cabrera pretty much solidifying his Hall of Fame resume at this point. And, if- uh, it's incredible watching him play every single day. I watched highlights of this man. He's incredible. 
Miguel Cabrera is one of those players who you rooted for when he came up with the Marlins Mm -hmm. to the moment he got that 3,000 hit. The guy has been nothing but a damn good ball player. But there is a group he did join that he got a congratulatory from a very special Kansas City Royal third baseman, George Brett. Mickey also joined making 7,000 outs. (laughs) (laughs) The poor guy has has to have that attached to him. The only reason why George Brett sent him that note was because George stands in there as well with 7,000 outs. Bill. You know what? That's pretty funny. Yeah. Bill, Mickey Cabrera. What do you think? Wow. 3,000 hits. He's the 29th person to get there. Congratulations, Miggy. Just his career overall. As we said, he's the seventh player to get 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. And also, he's a triple crown winner. And he was the first one, I think, in like, what, nearly 50 years? Yes. Since um, Carl Yastrzemski. And Miggy, congratulations. I salute you. And get Miggy with it. Na, 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 na. Hey. Sorry, that one was calling my name. Patchman, Miggy, what do you think? Oh, you know, I wish he'd done it against the Yankees, but once again, controversial town happens with Mr. Boone, where he's might be a slight, uh, as Dan said, P-word to it runs. be nice to the ladies out there. No, Puns, um, P, uh, star, 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 Y. He Blank might be one Willow. for just well. He might be a little bit afraid to, but he might be a little afraid to have a hit happen against his team. You know what? It's a freaking hit, big deal. You know what? We watch baseball to watch baseball. We don't want to see the attentional walk happen. Hey, once again, an attentional walk happened with the bases loaded. With that, and we that could be a managerial controversial call. With that, what we're talking about, Miggy here. Good for Miggy. Three thousand hits. He's in the club now. Now he can have a side of relief. He doesn't have all the pressure on his chest to get from 2,999 to 3,000. I'm just happy he did it at home with the Detroit crowd behind him. And it's just good for Mickey because it's just another chalk. It's another check mark in the checklist to get to the Hall of Fame. He is definitely will be a five and in and Miguel Cabrera joins the 3000 hit club as 33rd person in MLB history to accomplish that feat. And we all know it's a tough accomplishment to get. Oh, absolutely. Hats off to Miggy. However, with all good news, there's always bad news. And unfortunately the most disgusting news, unfortunately, I hate to say it that way came out of my home state, New York, but it wasn't the orange and blue fans that destroyed it but before i allude into it i'm going to pass this off to our two yankee experts and we're going to start off with dan ryan's dan you know what i'm going into take it from here i want to before i say my opinions on it and i have very strong opinions on it i just want to make it very clear to all the yankee haters out there do not take this out on the entire fan base because I've been to Yankee Stadium many times. Bill has been to Yankee Stadium many times. Old Ops guy has been to Yankee Stadium many times. There are Yankee fans out there, the vast majority of Yankee fans, as I should point out, that would go to the ballpark and show respect for the baseball field. Okay? So 
I just want to make a point because everyone's out there and they're all saying, well, Yankee fans are the worst. I was like, wait a second. No, no, no. Some Yankee fans are the worst. And I would like to point out that it's the casual fans that are the ones doing this. It's not the real Yankee fans, the ones that actually want to go over there and rep their team. And, and look, you can talk smack all you want, but don't these these idiot fans that don't belong here gotta stop making it about them. So, but yeah, all the Yankee haters don't do not do not call out all Yankee fans because that's not fair. There are Yankee fans out there that respect the game. As far as the actions, I as you can tell, I'm pretty upset by this. This is that's not the way you show. Uh, respect on the ball field. Do not throw any objects on the field. You don't know what could happen. Like you are so lucky that none of the Guardians players were hit by any of those objects, because apparently there were still full glasses of beer and, while thrown onto the field. So imagine if a full glass of beer hit a player. And that player has a concussion or whatever it is. That's a lawsuit. Easy. And it, it, it's just very frustrating because, you know, the Yankees won it on a walk-off. Labor Torres came in, pitched, hit, got a walk-off. Great moment um, for, for the season so far. And it gets ruined by these idiot clowns that don't belong here. John Sterling called it hooligans. I agree with you, John Sterling. Good definition. And no, you, it was all ruined because these idiots wanted to make it about them and not about a great moment in a walk-off hit by Glaber Torres. So it, that was just frustrating to watch. Obviously, the Guardians were very upset. I would have been upset too. I am so happy that the Yankees actually, after celebration and stuff, they went to the outfield they went to right field specifically, and they told the fans to stop, specifically Judge and Stan. They were just like, no, no, no. This is not how it works. Stop being like this. So I'm glad that the Yankees went up there. They comforted the Guardians. They were able to get them off the field safely. Uh, there Apparently there was a lack of security, which is ridiculous. Uh, there should I don't know how that's not covered. Uh, so a lot of issues, um, but um, I'm glad that that was being addressed. And uh, I hope whoever was throwing onto the field, there has to be some security cameras around there. So I'm hoping whatever was throwing onto the field gets spotted and arrested and banned from the ballpark for life because those are not true baseball fans. Those are idiots. Bill, I know you were at the game. I was. So um, please, what, what did you, what's your perspective? What did you see? Okay, well, uh, first I want to say, um, before I get into my opinions on that, I got to say, just in general, that was one of the craziest games I've ever been to. Yes, it was a good game, too. That was one of the craziest games, I'll be honest, when IKF got the um, game tie-in double. I was going nuts when when um, when Glaber got the game-winning single. I was losing my mind. And you know what? Um, I'll be honest. I did see it, but... I didn't see a lot of the beer cans being thrown because I was way high up. I was way high up. So, and I did see somebody getting booed and I think it was, was miles straw who was getting booed and yeah, I was yeah. booing too, but to, in my defense, 
in my defense, folks, I didn't really see what was going on. I thought he was chirping at the outfielders because when you're there, you only see what you see. Does that make sense, guys? Yes. You only see what you see. You don't know the context. So I saw him. I saw, and we started booing and like, go back to Cleveland. But I just want to say, folks, I was not throwing any beer cans. I swear on my mother's life, I was not throwing any beer cans. But he wasn't um, throwing the garbage. He wasn't throwing the beer cans. <laughs> but, but, um, but, but yeah, it was just, I, everyone's booing and I, I saw the umpire talking to the outfielders and I'm like, and you know, and me and my brother and my brother's friends were like, okay, well, oh, fine and good, but we got a train to catch. So, um, but yeah, but then I heard more of what was going on later on. And I just want to say, um, I agree with everything Reg just said. Um, this was shameful and and you know saying in a vlog which is coming out soon i'll give you the the short version yankee fans we can do better than this and when people say oh yankee fans are such trash and miles straw said it's the trashiest fan base first i want to say to miles straw i am very sorry what you had to go through but I'm also going to give some criticism here. Not, we're not all like this. We're not all like this. And we shouldn't let a few bad apples spoil the bunch. And you know what, Reg, I want to ask you, why do you say it's the casual fans that are the... Well, do you understand that if you go to a baseball game, and it could be real baseball fans too, but the point I'm trying to make is that, that these fans just go to the ballpark to start bullshit. You understand my point? They may be real baseball fans, Bill, but they're not there to respect the field and just watch the game, have a good time. They're there to start bullshit with the players. And that's not okay. That's not what we're here for. You can talk, talk. That's fine. I don't want to talk to their players, but don't throw stuff at the players. And no, I agree with you. Don't throw things. Listen, you want to chirp, chirp. You want to boo, boo. I boo, I chirp, but when you start throwing things, that's unacceptable. Yeah. And I hope those people get banned from Yankee Stadium. I yes. really hope they do. And you know what? I just want to say to those people, to those fans, you jackasses are the ones that are making us look bad. And unfortunately, they're doing all they can with cameras to see if they can zoom in, but the Odds and getting identities are going to be very tough. Yeah. However, now they have doubled security at Yankee Stadium for the next four home next four home game series. So we'll see what happens with that. However, Dan and Bill did say, you know, one very big thing: it's not all fans. Look, I'm a Mets fan. I've been to Yankee games where I went to go see the Yankees play. And a lot of the fans who show up are there for the enjoyment. Yes, there's always some problems, but let's move on. Let's hope they get it cleaned up. If the Yankee incident wasn't enough for you, we had a great game in Milwaukee and Philadelphia on Sunday <laughs> night where Angel Hernandez was oh. every call that I have ever seen. Retired. However, Kyle Schwarber came up to bat in the end of the game, 
Patchy, since Kyle Schwarber was a national, and you know a lot about him, why don't you take this one? Oh, you know, you know, sometimes an umpire will miss a call, and it can be cost-worthy sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't have to be. Sometimes, you know, the pitch is in the zone a little bit, and it's called a ball. It happens. Sometimes it's just a hair outside that strike zone. And it's called a strike. You know, it happens in baseball. We see it all the time. But for Angel Hernandez, it seems it's like wherever the ball is thrown, it's like, fuck, pardon my French. What do I call? And in, in the milliseconds, you, your brain has to decide to call a strike. You just see it thrown. And it's like, strike. And, then you, and when you do, and when you have nothing to say, it's like, all right, ball. We, we, we know it's a ball, okay, and one, in fact, it's a strike. But in the case of Kyle Schwarber, I think he finally let out the years of frustration for every baseball player that has been in front of Angel Hernandez when Angel Hernandez is calling a game. Basically, pitch was outside the zone, strike three was called, and Schwarber just, you know it. Schwarber finally had enough, slammed his helmet, threw his bat, got his money's worth, and basically told Angel Hernandez, listen, you call up here, you call down here, you're over here, you're over here, you're over here, you know what, this is ridiculous, you suck, basically is what the interpretation is for Schwarber saying his words to Angel Hernandez, and he, like I said, he finally had his mouthful and a quote out came about five hours ago. It says, open quote, this comes from Kyle Schwarber. I'm not here to bury anyone, but it wasn't very good. It just got to me to where I was going to stick up for some, some other, some, stick up for some other guys, close quote. So basically, you know, it, 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 it basically boils down to, does MLB need to step in and say, hey, Angel, if you still want to call if you if you want to be an umpire still you can still be an umpire but we're not putting you behind the plate no more because looking at the track record recently for angel hernandez it's been atrocious of him calling a baseball game you know it's it's not fair it's not fair to the pitcher where if he's calling a terrible game not calling many strikes and then sometimes it's unfair to the batter where you know he's calling everything in the zone when clearly it is outside the zone so you know what good for kyle schwarber get his money worse unfortunately excuse me unfortunately it didn't work out in the phillies favors because the phillies did end up losing the game but you know maybe this might be a right stepping stone to maybe some changes behind the plate where angel hernandez is not behind the plate as much, if not at all, anymore. Including robo-umps. Well, that is, that is what we're going to talk about very, very quickly, is that there are certain players, two of them being on the Phillies, who said they would support robo-umps. We do know at some point during the minor league season, it will be tested out. And I know we have touched on it very little, I don't know how well it's going to be received because I'm sorry. If Angel Hernandez calls it like that, I'm afraid to see how tight the strike zone is going to be on a robot. 
Yeah. Look, I, I th- obviously many baseball players have had their run-ins with Angel Hernandez. If not a run-in, they're definitely very confused as to why he makes the calls that he does. It, look, that was a terrible call. There's there's no excuse for it. Like it was clear as day outside of the zone. It was low. Like it wasn't even in the strike zone. And you call a strike on that. Why? Why? Because he could. Yeah, because he could. But then, like, you know, it the, and he, he should really look at it. Just I, I I honestly think he does, he just doesn't care. But like he really needs to evaluate his strike zone because the, these pitches were nowhere near and that and that, and that Schwarber strikeout wasn't the only one. Right. So then that that's a big problem. It's something that the commissioner has to address. Like how many times are games going to be decided by these awful calls by the umps? Like how many times? It's frustrating. Very frustrating. It, it is very frustrating. Yeah, and it, yeah, I think that's because I just watched the um the 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 video. It's like he was so but it was so outside. Like, what the hell was he thinking? But um yeah, I wonder what the robo umps are gonna be like. Oh god, the Terminator movies were right, the machines are taking over. Um but but yeah, I think um, Angel Hernandez should not be behind the plate for a Major League Baseball game a- after that. That is abs- if And if this is a repeated pattern, why is this guy still here? Well, we'll see what happens to Angel Hernandez. We'll see what uh, Major League Baseball review and does about it. But you want to know what's some good news in New York finally? The New York Mets. Not only do they lead the league at 12-5, and five, They've won all five of their series so far. Whether they they've dropped the they dropped one in each couple of series, but the Mets are on fire. And I'm not going to go a lot into the Mets because we know where the Mets are going. We know what Steve Cohen is willing to do. It's I'm I just love seeing you this happy, dude. Honestly, <laughs> good oh, for you, Mark. You 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 should see me dancing in the house. <laughs> You know, it's not it's not like you have a Nationals fan here who actually means anything. But hey, you know that's how it is. Just but, remember, <laughs> how, just just remember how many World Series this millennium. Okay, fair enough. I, I listen. I I I I have to give my two cents. I have to gloat about my one World Series that I was. You know what? Mets fans have it hard sometimes with you know the '86 jokes, but for countless years for the Nationals. In the two in the 2010s, making it to the playoffs and then just choking it away. I was oh. happy to have. I was I was fine having to have my moment in 2019. Then a pandemic happened where <laughs> our, our our year after winning the World Series was spoiled by a 50 game season. Right. And then and then the ultimate debacle after that. But hey, you know what? You know what? I'm happy for the Mets and Mets fans because you know what? They finally got what they deserved a rightful owner to own the Mets that's willing to spend money on the Mets, bring players in and build a championship that's, team. Absolutely. And Steve Cohen the, the, team. the team across town in New York has some iffy situations going on with them right now with them wanting However, to spend money to give credit to the Yankees, which I rarely do. 
They have been on a little bit of a winning streak, and their ERA as a pitching staff is down to 2.53. So we'll give Yankees credit where credit is due. Otherwise, they can go sit and eat dirt on a normal day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We love you, Mark. Yeah, no, it it was a good last two series where the Yankees have been really good. They won the series against Detroit, and they won the series again. They swept the Guardians. So, um, yeah, no, overall, and by the way, Sunday, what a – Difference, uh, Garrett Cole. Oh yeah, great. Garrett Cole oh, pitched the hell of the game. Awesome. Like I watched it, most of that game. And, and look, if it, it uh, look, obviously to start the season, Cole has been dreadful. But if we can get that starting from Sunday to the rest of the season, if we can get that Garrett Cole even better. I'm hoping for better. Look, I I'm okay with it. That then, then it'll probably just be as a fluke. And I'm hoping that that start to the season was a fluke. Because hey, that Garrett Cole is scaring me. Reg, I just want to say that Garrett Cole was awesome yesterday, but I just want to go back to Saturday for one second. N- Nasty Nestor. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a beast. Yeah, that guy's that, an absolute beast. Yeah, again, he's proving me wrong. I thought he would not be fit for a starting job, and he's done a very nice job so i i'll give him credit too because he's been he's been pretty good my brother's friend one of the guys was with the at the game with on him saturday i think he has a little bit of a man crutch he's like let's go nester i love this guy i love yeah. this guy well i mean I, I i obviously ever since last season when he was in the bullpen you know it, it's hard not to crush on a guy with a nice little mustache on it you know do not <laughs> Before do we move not, on, I will say that play at first base by Nestor was something, something else. I mean, that was laying your body out. But I want to go to a team out west. Mm-hmm. And it's a team that when you look at the roster and you look at the rotation, it's a team that should be undefeated. And that's the Los Angeles Angels. Yes, Mike Trout was out for a little bit, but still, the whole lineup is still better. It doesn't matter. However... The Los Angeles Angels dropped two of three to the Orioles. Ooh. Does management have something to be worried about, Patchman? No, early in the season. Good deal. Okay. You know, you know what? You know, know hang on before I let Danny go. If this was like the middle of July or beginning of August, I would say this is a concern. But early in the season, you know what? The Orioles might be. Lackluster. I'm, I'm not going to call them terrible or disastrous. The Orioles are like, yes, the Orioles are lackluster, but you know what? The Orioles are going to come out every day to try to win a baseball game because that's what you do every day. You come out every day in a baseball game to win the game because in baseball, if you lose a game, okay, it can be bad, but you want to win every day because, hey, if you win a game, it could be the start of something. And when you win one game, that's great. When you win two, it's called a winning streak. It has happened before. The Orioles are one of those teams that, you know, they're they're going to do everything they can to win ball games because they're a young team and they want to win. So they're going to have one of those, like, wacky winning streaks where it's just like, ah, okay, we see some flashes, but then at the end of the day, it's his word is. So if I'm the Angels, I wouldn't worry too much about it. You know, just make sure it doesn't spiral. That's all I got to say. Well, 
Angel, do you have any comment? Uh, I'll make one really quick comment here. Um, I, I agree with Pat. It's not much of a concern right now, but if it was later on, I'd be concerned. And plus, Reg, we know what it's like to drop two out of three to the Orioles. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. You are listening to the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Make sure to like us on Facebook by searching SIN Sports Insanity Podcast. And also follow us on Twitter by searching at SIN Sports Insanity. And now back to the bottom half of the inning on the Sports Insanity Podcast. The real reason why we're here is we got a big event on Thursday. It is the return of the NFL with the NFL Draft. Now, we here at SIN like to have fun. And we like to get everybody involved. So we have a little draft contest going on with our group and over the last week i have been collecting top 10 draft picks and if you've been around yesterday mike rifkin myself and danny boy reg were live in the morning and we discussed our top 10 picks of where they're going to be drafted in order now i decided to make this fun and include everybody and see what happens so we're going to hear from a couple of people who did not give their full 10 picks. And we're going to start with Bill, who was had other obligations, which is fine. We know that. Bill, how is right. your top 10 ready to drop? Okay. You ready? I'm okay. ready. My number one going to the Jacksonville Jaguars is Aiden Hutchinson. Coming in at number two, going to the Detroit Lions, Evan Neal. Coming in at number three, going to the Houston Texans, Garrett Wilson. Go, going at number four to Reg's beloved New York Jets, Kyle Hamilton. Coming in at number five, going to my beloved New York Giants, Charles Cross. Coming in at number six from the Carolina Panthers, Mr. Kenny Pickett. Coming in at number seven, my New York Giants again, Nicobe Dean. Coming in at number eight, for the Atlantic Falcons, Mr. Jamison Williams. Coming in at number nine for the Seattle Seahawks, Mr. Malik Willis. And rounding out my top ten to the New York Jets. Unless they trade. Um, Ahmad Gardner. Okay, that is an interesting set. Now we're going to go to the Patchman, who was not here yesterday. Patchy, what is your top ten? In Hudson, number one, the Lions, Trayvon Walker, Texans, Evan Neal. The Jets will take Garrett Wilson. Giants are going to take Ikeem Equinu. Equinu. 
Panthers yep. going to take Desmond Ryder. Giants will take then uh, Drake London. Falcons are going to take Nalik Willis. Seahawks are going to take Charles Cross. And the Jets will trade their overall 10th pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers will take Matt Cross from Old Miss. Oh, Corral. Matt, Matt Corral, my bad. Matt, Corral. Sorry. Matt Corral, big deal. You know what? Fine. Matt Corral out of <laughs> Ole Miss, and then, and then the Jets will have the 20th pick. That is uh, a very interesting scenario. Now, Dan yeah. was our color commentary for yesterday. Dan had the key insights of all teams, but Dan did not drop his top 10. I did Danny not. Danny <laughs> boy, you ready for your top 10? Yes, let's go. Let's go for let's it. Why not? It. This is a makeup for uh, me not being ready for that, that show. So um, let's go for it. Uh, Jacksonville's going to pick Trevon Walker. They're the edge rusher. I um, I know a couple of both of you have picked Aiden Hutchinson to go number one, and he may very well go number one. My problem is I feel like you can't take the Michigan kid out of Michigan. And I feel like th- this will be a perfect situation for the Lions. I'm always – you know, it's hard to read whether or not a player is ready to play for the hometown team. I think having someone who sort of gets the culture of Michigan, Detroit, that Motor City vibe. He was in Detroit the other day watching Mickey hit 3,000. So I think he gets it. So that's why if I'm the Lions, I would – do everything possible to convince Jacksonville not to take Aiden Hutchinson so they can swoop him up at two. Running down the rest, uh, Cincinnati takes Ahmad Gardner. Uh, sorry, Houston takes Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati. My bad, I apologize. Uh, he's from Cincinnati. He's going to go to Houston. Um, the New York Jets, I, I don't agree with this. Mark knows I don't agree with this, but they will keep the number four pick, and they're going to pick Thibodeau. I want them to go offensive line, but they won't do that because it's Jets. The Jets never make the right picks. The New York Giants going with Evan Neal. Uh, I don't know. Are you kind of surprised with that, Bill? No, because you want to know something, though, um, Dan. You're not the first person I heard say that. You know who I also heard say that? Our dear friend and colleague, Mike the Pun Master Rifkin, said the exact same thing. And, like, listen – I would love, God, I'm now having second thoughts, but I would like to see Evan Neal go to the Giants. And it, this will be one of the few times I'm happy that I'm wrong. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because we need our offensive line. Desperately. <laughs> Number Desperately. six. <laughs> Number six, Mississippi State's Charles Cross goes to Carolina. The Giants are back. Back again. Derek Stingley Jr cornerback going to New York. That's a pick they got via Chicago. Uh, a pick that I think was still good for the Giants. Uh, at number eight, Garrett Wilson goes to Atlanta. Now, for the Seahawks, a lot of them people are saying, I know I've said to pick defense. I still think they should pick defense, but uh, not necessarily reading the mind of the Seahawks, but you know, I think, I think the Seahawks are gonna want a quarterback, 
And that's why I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. I did not have the Jets train the 10 pick. If they decide to choose the 10, which I think they should, they should go wide receiver, and that wide receiver is going to be Drake London. That is another very good set of picks. So we have in this contest, we have 10 different SIM members, which is great. And we will be going live on draft night and we'll be able to see who wins the prize. But if you want to see the prize and what somebody wins, you got to come and watch us live. We will be live on YouTube starting at about 10 minutes of eight, right before the draft starts. Now, as we look at the NFL draft coming up, there's a lot of talk about be, it being a quiet draft. And what I mean by a quiet draft is normally the talk is quarterbacks, 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 quarterbacks. In this draft, we don't have that many. There are a couple, as they talk, as we talk about between Willis, Corral, and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and Ritter, all very good quarterbacks. But the position I see being occupied the most, and you guys will have your own opinions, is offensive line. I think that's what this first round is going to supply a lot of offensive linemen. Go ahead, Bill. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be offensive line and wide receiver too. So I think that's going to be a lot because like what you said, um, it's always about quarterbacks. And I'm, I just want to say overall, you know, we've talked about Aiden Hutchinson and Evan Neal, but once you look overall, not just quarterbacks, and I know they're not quarterbacks, but is there really a front runner this year? Once you think about it, is there really a front is there, runner? Is there, is there a guaranteed number one is what you're saying? Yeah. No, there's not a guaranteed number one at the first pick. Because yes, last it's year. flopped up and down. And we've last, seen over the years how it's dropped. We don't know who's really going to go one. Because last year, we all know who was who was going to go number one. It was going to be Trevor Lawrence. We all knew it was going to be Trevor Lawrence. We, we knew there was like a 99.9% chance Trevor was going to Jacksonville. And you, you got to leave that 0.1% for margin of error, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's really no clear front runner. Maybe, not- you know, maybe Hutchinson, but no really clear front runner. Yeah. Danny Boy, what do you think as position-wise? Position-wise, I think there'll be a lot of um, wide receivers. Um, But overall, I think the offensive players in general are going to dominate this first round of the draft. Um, And it's going to kind of be weird because a lot of these teams actually need defense more than they need offense. So... But I think offense be- only because there's so many good players out there. It's it's actually pretty dope. The patch man. You know, it's interesting. You know, it's going to be a heavily probably offensive line draft and probably in the first, I would say, 20 picks. I bet you 12 of those picks will be offensive line. Throwing in eight others for teams that, you know, some teams that need a quarterback. There's a couple teams out there that need a wide receiver. Then again, it's the NFL draft. Anything is possible in the NFL draft. We've seen projections where, all right, it's going to go this way, and then it's complete 360, and it's like – or complete 180. It's complete 180 where it's like, all right, now it's going this way. It's like, all right, we didn't expect this. 
And now you're like, who is the next best available player out there? But if you're, if we're, if we're going from like top 10, it's going to mainly probably be offensive line. Three teams will probably take a wide receiver while maybe one or two teams take a quarterback. The rest are going to be offensive line because they're probably in this top 10 class with the giants having two picks. Seven of those teams need offensive linemen. Some of them have their quarterback already. Some of them need a quarterback Did, Debate for a few of the teams that already have a quarter. They think they have a quarterback, but they might need a quarterback. So it's it's gonna be interesting the first round because you know be like once it's gonna be a lot of fun. Like whole first round, like I said, it's gonna mo- probably most likely be offensive line. Hint hint to the Packers, please take a wide receiver for once mm-hmm. instead of drafting a defensive player or an offensive player. I would like a little help for Mr. Aaron Rodgers. And yes, there's a talk to get a Raider wide receiver out there right now. I hope it happens because he needs some help in the wide receiver range. So Packers, please take the hint. If you're listening, please take a wide receiver. Who cares if he's young? He's going to be with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers will find a way to get him freaking football. Tangent over. Tangent over. Sorry. Before we get to our individual teams, and we have a good group here because we have four different teams liked here in this grouping. But before we get to that, the biggest thing that happens in the draft is not the player pick, it's the teams making trades. Now, we heard Patch and Bill say they had some trades, and we know Reg is sweating bullets over there thinking, why are the Jets doing this to me? They have the number 10. That is the pick that seems to be the most coveted. And now there are six teams in it for number 10. If you were listening on Sunday, we know the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Rams were interested at number 10. However, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Miami Dolphins have now joined the group to talking at 10. When you look at the teams I just mentioned, you have to figure out who or what they're going to be looking for. And for the Cowboys, I will let you know when I give my Cowboy report on what I think they will do with that. However, it's not the only pick that's being discussed. A lot of teams, this could be the year where we break a record of most trades in the first round, and I'm calling four. I got the Jets trading, the Minnesota Vikings trading, the New Orleans Saints trading, and the Dallas Cowboys trading. That's four trades. The most I have ever seen in a first round is two. So that would be an interesting happen. I would love to see it because that makes it all the more fun because then your whole draft card gets screwed up. Kind of like your NCAA tournaments when a number 16 kicks out a number one. So it doesn't happen often. Um, Mark, I'd like, to, I'd like to ask Danny Boy Reginald a question. Um, hey, Dan, if the Jets do trade... For a number 10, let's say they do it with San Fran. Um, since the big talk has been going on about how Debo Samuel is requesting a trade, can you see the Niners trading Debo Samuel to the Jets for that number 10? That's who they're discussing. Oh, okay. What, who else would they be sending? They're not going to send an idiot to the Jets. That'll be that, if, the, if the 49ers send anything else. Uh, other than Debo Samuel and maybe another draft pick, 
to the Jets for the 10. Then the Jets just pretty much ruined a big opportunity to one, get a wide receiver, and two, they're going to fuck themselves over for the next 10 years. (laughs) San Francisco has made their interest known. They either want two number ones for Debo or they want a number one this year, a second and a fifth, and then a seventh next year. They are wanting a lot. In other words, in my saying is I think San Francisco would rather let Debo sit for a year than see him play on another team. Yeah, so uh, if I'm the Jets, please stay away from it. And Don't since, you dare. And since we, have Dan, fruit the Jets, since we have Dan on the Jets, why don't we wheel it right into the Jets? Dan, we know you have the number four and number 10. Mind you, we've been talking that the number 10 could be traded. What do you want to personally see? We know what your top 10 picks are, but what would you want to see the Jets do? So I want the Jets to go offense in the first two picks. Offense, offense, offense. Get a tackle, get offensive lineman, whatever it is. Get that. Beep up the offensive line to help protect our savior, Mr. Zach Wilson. And then I want you to get a wide receiver. I think the Jets are in a very unique position. I said this yesterday. It's not often that the Jets are in this position where they can actually develop their own wide receiver to have someone that's homegrown New York Jets. So I would love the Jets to rather than go after someone and possibly sign them to a massive extension, probably something that, that these these free agents or whoever they trade for, they don't need. Go after someone you can develop and invest the future with that player. That's me. I think it's better for the Jets. They don't need to go defense. They can get defense later. There's plenty of good defensive players out there. Offense in this first round should be the main thing. Now, that's an AFC. We're going to jump it over to the NFC, to the land of cheese where our resident Packer diehard fan and specialist, Lawrence Patchman Lang, is here to tell us what he wants the Packers to do. Oh, for the love of God, once again, first pick in the draft, wide receiver. Can't put it any way further. Wide receiver. Then, hey, you know what? There's another offensive position we need. How about we get ourselves another – how about a new tight end? Because, you know – Yes, the tight end was good for us this year here and there, but I would like a nice young tight end again just to help out on the wide receiver, on the receiving end. And then after that, you know, later rounds, okay, go out and get yourself a couple defensive ends. We need a couple defensive ends because you know what? The Packers defense was great last year. Fantastic last year. Yes, iffy at times, but then again, that's the Packers defense. Tangent for a different day. (laughs) And then you know what? I say with you know, like one of our second to last picks, like I think we have we have the the seventh round, we have the seventh, the twenty eighth, and then another pick. I think we have like three seven round picks. I think at the end, get a kicker. I'd say get a kicker because you know what, love Mason Crosby, but Mason Crosby is getting up there, and it might be time to bring in a young kicker. So get and yourself not a, kick. a bad move. It, it's not a bad move. Just get, go out there. You know what? Look who's best available, I think, for kickers. You know, hey, 
it's, it's odd for kickers to go sometimes, but Hey, you know, save that for maybe a sixth round or a seventh round when, you know, the position is there to, you know, go out and get. So in the end, you know, once again, beef up the wide receiving core because we're on shambles with wide receivers. Once again, you know, once again, there's that talk with that Raiders wide receiver. Darren Waller has been said to be the center of that trade. And that would be a huge gain for Aaron Rodgers. It gives him a wide target and a good one, too. Now, we're going to go across back east to an NFC East team, because we have two NFC East teams to talk about. And considering my team is better, we're going to go to the lonely one first. The New York football giants are now saying they are willing to trade first-round draft pick last year to Darius Toney and Darius Slayton to a team that they want picks. Bill, you're the Giants resident. What do you need to see the Giants do? Okay, first of all, I want to talk draft-wise here. Here's what I'm saying. And everyone take very – and if Joe Shane and Brian Dable are listening, you better take notes. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. And because, you know, if anyone watches the Giants side of me, because here I'm a resident Giant fan, um, our offensive line saying it's atrocious is being too, too kind. It's absolutely just non-existent. We need a, a better offensive line. Um, I would say I... I, I'm kind of a little more confident now because I know this has been this fix has been going on for 10 years, but now that we got someone like Joe Shane and who works with someone like Brian Dable, who was an offensive coordinator, he's gonna know what to do. I'm sure they're right now in East Rutherford in the war room. I'm sure Mr. Dable has a few people in mind. And and since Shane and Dable work together in Buffalo, I'm sure Shane and Dable are going to be on the same page. Now, so Bill, that- I'm going to take a shot at you because I can, because I'm in the NFC East also. Daniel Jones is your quarterback. They're not going to yes. trade. They're not going to um, improve. Why offer your two youngest receivers that have the biggest upside to trade? Why? Why? Okay. Why offer them to trade? Well, we, well, Daniel Jones is still your quarterback. Um, Correct. Why trade the two receivers that actually know him? What? I, I don't think that trade would be a great idea in all honesty. And listen, I'm not the biggest fan of Kadorius Tooney. Like, if you remember when, Dan, you were, the, you were there, and I think, Mark, you were there too when they picked him. I was, like, ready to have a stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was then yelling every word in the book. And we all know that's a really big book. Um, but I think if you, but I'm willing to give these two another chance. I'm willing to give Slayton another chance. I'm willing to give Tooney another chance because they really know Daniel Jones. And that's and, the point. And, but with Tooney, did he really produce last year? No. Not really. He was a rookie on a team that had no quarterback. So I would say. I don't know if this is the best move unless they could get receivers who can click with Daniel Jones and listen. And I just want to say for the record, 
put this on record. I don't think we should be shopping for a new quarterback this year. I think that should hold off to next year. And that's what the Giants are said to do. That's why they are not talking to quarterbacks and not bringing up any trade rumors. If anything would have happened, we would have seen Baker Mayfield probably as a New York Giant, but that's not going to be the case. Because if any of you know, because I know you're thinking, well, Bill Murphy's a typical Daniel Jones defender. I've been very, guys, you can testify. I've been very critical of Daniel Jones. I'm sorry. Daniel Jones tripped over the 20-yard line. It doesn't. I've been very critical of Daniel Jones. But, you know, when he does does a good job, I I I sit here and give him praise. That's far from, that's very far from between, and he's been good. But when he screws up, when he screws up, which is most of the time, I'm on here criticizing him. Yeah, and as you should. And look, the Giants, like I've been saying, since they made the changes in the front office, these changes are only going to make it easy to transition away from Daniel Jones as at least the starter. They can keep him as a backup if they want to, but at the end of the day, this regime is going to want their own guy, their own quarterback, and Daniel Jones is unless he does a, even if he does a phenomenal job this year, they need to get someone that they could work with because at the end of the day, they deserve to evaluate for their own guy. Because Dan, I do agree with you. I'll make this really fast, Mark, and we can talk about the cowgirls. Um, um, I had to take a shot at you back there, buddy. Sorry. Um, but but you know, Dan, I mostly agree with you. But here's what I will say on the flip side. Daniel Jones and like, listen, the way he's been playing, like, listen, he's a, he could be very abysmal, but you know what? It's not entirely Daniel Jones's fault. Um, he didn't really have any clear leadership going from Shermer to judge judge who can't coach his way out of freaking paper bag. Um, and I think maybe if so, uh, and again, if, if, Gable is willing to take a chance on Daniel Jones and maybe he can give Daniel Jones the guidance that Shermer and judge couldn't give him. Cause you have someone who is an offensive coordinator who helped molded Josh Allen. So if maybe he can do that, but you know what? Maybe it, it like what you said, Reg, and I'm not totally dismissing what you said. But if it gets to the point where, you know what, we have a new regime here, we have a new GM, we have a new head coach, you know what, and Dable's probably going to say, I want my own guy, Daniel, you're taking the bench or bye. We'll, we'll that's see what, what happens they, in That's what they should do. That's what they right, should. and Daniel Jones should be benched, but we'll only see what will happen in New York. But now on to the real team in football, America's team. The Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Now, if you were listening to us a few weeks ago, when the Jets first heard the opportunity to trade number 10, I was all over it because the Cowboys are very interested in moving up. To 10, it made sense to go after a certain lineman. However, Dallas can't offer the type of player that the Jets need. So I don't see Dallas making the trade for 10. Dallas will move up in this draft. They want Penning. They know he's the type of size that is equal, if not better than Tyron Smith, because Tyron Smith and Zach Martin are not going to be there much longer. 
it's it's a known fact that Dallas needs offensive line. If I am Jerry Jones, which I know I am not, I don't have his money, but I am smarter than man when it comes to a draft, trade up more. Trade some threes and fives, get up more. Get up to that second round more. Get yourself two second rounds and end it. Dallas needs offensive linemen. And if you don't get it in the beginning part of this draft, you're going to miss out and miss out big. Dallas also could use help at wide receiver. Now, there is talk with T.Y. Hilton to possibly come, and now Jarvis Landry is now talking with the Cowboys. Wouldn't that be funny? Dallas trades Armani Cooper to get Jarvis Landry for $18 million less. Not a bad replacement. As for Dallas, I expect them to do what they always do and fuck it up. Pardon my language. Sorry, patch dropped one. I dropped one this episode because Jerry Jones is probably trying to think linebacker. It's not what we need. We need to protect Dak Prescott. No Dak Prescott, no football in the air, no football in the air, no touchdowns, no touchdowns, no money, no money, no tickets. It just goes on and on. (laughs) No money, no food. Exactly. So that's what Dallas, in my opinion, needs to do. And the NFL draft is an exciting time. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to see a lot of things we don't expect because that's the nature of the draft. We've all watched many drafts. If you're listening, tell us who you think your number one is going to be. Who do you, who do you see your team picking? The more you guys let us know, the more we can help you out and give, us, give you our projections of where your team is going to hit. If you are listening to sports, the NBA playoffs are going on. And if you want to know what's going on, besides reading online, you got to listen to the throwdown. These guys light it up. They come to you with all the impertinent news that's going to happen now. Dan, you join them all the time. Is there a new episode coming out shortly? Yeah, I mean, the, the, not only is there a new episodes every Tuesday, check it out every Tuesday, but they're actually doing mini episodes. So if you follow the throwdown, now they will be releasing a full episode and many episodes after I think after every series ends, they're going to recap series and all that stuff. So uh, please uh, check it out. It's uh, great stuff. Playoffs are in full swing. And they do a great job. They cover all our basketball. And let me tell you, the group of them, Connor, Alex, and Zach, really bring it every time, 100 each time. And they're just great guys, too. Yeah. Yeah. But – we are going to be closing our episode tonight, you know, our 200th episode. However, if Two you're year looking for us. Two-year anniversary. What did I say? 200th episode. Yeah, whatever. It's close enough. Unless we jump <laughs> into some kind of time portal and now we're at 200. I, I, we'll get there. We're maybe get with there. extra innings and all the other content on, S, uh, on SIP that's, you know, ran through it. It might be 200 episodes, but hey, two-year anniversary here. Two-year anniversary. I apologize. Dan, if they're looking for us, where can they find us on social media? So go on to Facebook, search Sports Sanity Podcast, search Sports Sanity Network as well. Follow us on Twitter mm. at SIN Sports Insane. That's the podcast Twitter network. Twitter is at S Sanity Real. Uh, we we're posting on there a lot lately, so uh, please focus. Uh, please uh, follow both of us on Facebook and uh, Twitter, all that stuff, and then. Patch, what they can do for more content from the website. Oh, you know, content website. There's a lot 
on that website. Lots of blogs, history of this podcast and network. Learn more about us. It's a simple search, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com, where once again, you can learn more about us, more about the show's history, more about the network's history. Hey, honorary members, they're on there too. You know, they have, they have their own little bios on there too. But most importantly, go there and read our blogs because it's great content to read. And we're trying our best here to give you some great content. And so, hopefully in the two year and hopefully in the next year when year three rolls around for us, there we'll be off and running. But for now, once again, go to that website, ww.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. So for a very fun evening, I want to thank everyone for being here. Me, I am Mark Oldopsi Halpern, and I am joined by. I am Lawrence, President uh, Patchman Lang, who is very tired and is probably going to bed after this recording is done. <laughs> I'm Bill Murphy. Oh, Bill Corpus Crispy Murphy. Yeah, there you, there go. you go. And. And I just want to say really quick, thank you for everyone for the last two years and let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Stay safe and take care. Can't believe it's been two years. Oh my God. Where, where's the time gone? Danny boy, Reginald signing off VP. I'm out. And the last note from our pun master himself, who's not here. Namaste and Patchy. Thank you to your mama. Because your mama loves you. Take care, everyone. Catch you next week. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports and Sandy Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsandsandynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports and Sandy Network. <laughs>